Coming live to you from the pages of the Deep Space and Dragons weekly magazine, which exists as a podcast and you cannot get an actual magazine, I'm Richard. Uh, I am Carl uh, in this magazine brought to life. You know, I was trying for a whole like metaphor thing into ease into our episode title. And I think I botched it. We are a podcast. You are listeners. You can also tune in on YouTube. But I have a fan question coming in for you. And it's coming in pretty hot. So before I ask what's new with Carl, how is Operation Sandblaster? Uh, Operation Sandblaster has been put on hold due to uh, the deep freeze that hit Western Canada. That is very fair. So pivoting off that, what's new in this weekly update of Carl Jump? Uh, well, <laughs> um, so uh, as of the time of this recording, we're relatively close to the new year. Uh, and one of my coworkers gave me a, uh, a cigar uh, to celebrate the new year. This is kind of a, a weird thing to receive because I've never smoked with cigarettes in my life. Hashtag uh, but... smoking with cigarettes. Please continue. <laughs> uh, but I mean, I figured I would give it a try because he you know, bought me this, this cigar. Um, and uh, apparently, and I would have messed it up, messed this up, and probably had a really horrible experience. Uh, but unlike uh, marijuana smoke or tobacco smoke or uh, cigarette smoke in general, uh, you don't actually you're not actually supposed to inhale cigar smoke. You're just supposed to like swish it around in your mouth a little bit and get the flavor, and then exhale most of it without actually inhaling it because it's apparently far more tarry than than cigarettes. Um, and uh, I, I kind of got sick of the flavor, like, super quick. But the first couple uh, puffs on the cigar were actually uh, f- fairly tasty. And I can definitely imagine, you know, if you had, like, a, a little, like, uh, a smoking room and you just had the cigar in, in the ashtray. And, I mean, it's not going to be good for you. But it would, it would be an enticing and, and aromatic atmosphere to, uh, I don't know, read books or have chats and drinks or whatever like I, I can see why why the olden days people like to smoke cigars and and sit around and chat and stuff yeah to follow up on that back in my scandalous youth i did enjoy cherry cigars once upon a time because i'm classy mm. like that <laughs> so i can see the theory and like even though the world has pivoted away because science agrees that smoking is bad for you pretty mm-hmm. much although i'm not really sure what train of logic was needed to disprove that you know when you do something that tastes awful, makes you feel ill, you the first time you do it, you vomit? I'm not really sure what the counter-argument was for doing this thing. I, I, I don't know much about the history of, of cigars or cigarettes. Uh, I, I assume that tobacco was originally some sort of uh, religious herb used for rituals and stuff, but I, I don't know. Alright, so, with that funness out of the way... There's no sandblaster because of the great freeze where now all sand has been turned into a solid clump or baking soda. Basically, any powder will immediately become a solid when exposed to the harsh Saskatchewan environment. Uh, yeah, it, it was it was absurd. Uh, but so uh, what's new with you, Richard? So my current course is going through. We're doing up screenplays in one of my classes. We're doing up... Uh, unedited manuscripts and another so i'm doing a lot of writing as you would expect but as for my non-writing hobbies which i'm sure exist i 
felt the need to actually make a venture outside today, so we went for Krispy Kreme donuts. Mm. And there's always that option of we could sit comfortably in the car for three hours through this very slow lineup, or we can stand and endure the cold. Mm-hmm. But what's funny is, so from my time spent in Saskatchewan, most of my nerve endings are dead when it comes to cold temperatures, at least mm-hmm. in comparison to my East Coast contemporaries. So there's always <laughs> yep. a situation where my girlfriend is worried I'm cold. It's like, oh, get on your gloves, put on a toque. Like literally like zipping up my jacket because it's not zipped up all the way in her protective way. And I'm like, first off, inside my coat pockets, because I'm so used to nearly dying from the cold, I have a scarf, I have a toque, I have two sets of gloves. Like I have winter gear that lives in my coat because I'm used to having to survive going to work and it being zero outside, the sun setting and it being minus 30 and my eyes freezing shut. <laughs> True story. <laughs> like, this is when I learned that chef pants make great snow pants because if they're fire resistant, maybe they can keep some of your heat from leaching out. Like, a lot of our listeners don't know that feeling of if you don't have, like, something covering a piece of exposed skin, you can feel the heat leach out like vapor. Like, you can okay. feel... Hmm? I, I just just as a, as a little side note, um, I have a co-worker who was from the Philippines. Oh, no. And he told me uh, that when he moved here, he didn't even know that things went into the negatives. Like, the coldest it gets there is, like, four degrees, and they thought that that was the apocalypse. <laughs> oh, no. It's so deeply tragic. Like in my kitchen days, we had a lot of temporary or permanent foreign workers from the Philippines and they would just think we were insane. Like, are we trying to die? <laughs> like, for example, there's just scenes of like, here's what a de- here's what the hollow world looks like in bleach of a white sand desert. And that's just the field behind my house. That used to be a blank field before the snow hit that has literally become a wasteland full of demons. <laughs> so needless to say, it's minus 10 today, and I was fine waiting in a lineup for donuts. Mm. With no negative repercussions whatsoever. People like to say the damp cold is colder, and there are people who aren't used... The thing is, that's true to a certain extent. Like, I think mm. minus 5 here is colder than minus 5 there. But when you right. get to the point where the molecules slow down and start turning into boys Einstein condensate and states of matter are no longer an applicable situation to have, then it might not matter that the warmer, drier, the wet, cold is different because your matter no longer can maintain certain states because it's that freaking <laughs> cold there. Uh, yeah, it, it definitely... <laughs> It was definitely, like, it was a really nice, mild winter, and then suddenly, boom, deep freeze. Like, it was minus, like, 40 for, like, three weeks. Yeah, I kind of got lucky where the campus is staying remote only till March. And at one hand, going onto the beautiful campus, interacting with smiling, I assume, under the mask students for a couple days a week, has been shown to have very positive mental health. You get sunlight, you get life. But I'm fine just skipping February. Just a frack with that month. That can go right to Hondo Muko. I don't need it. Speaking of going to Hondo Muko, uh, I, I believe that our topic for, for this week is uh, what's new in the Shonen Jump uh, magazine slash app. Absolutely. Uh, hashtag not spawned. I mean, yes. <laughs> so to give a little, just a little backstory. So Shonen Jump has a complex history in North America. At one point, they're a monthly magazine that people would pillage for trading cards because the Yu-Gi-Oh cards inside were worth more than the magazine. 
Then everyone started fan subtitling and pirating, because no one's going to wait a month for six-year-old Naruto chapters. But mm. somewhere between the days of the Wild Wild West and One Manga and Margarita.com, Shonen Jump realized they should just be an app like everybody else, and now it's free and easy to read things that are actually translated by professionals, rather than exploring the Wild Wild West that was fan translations which could just have random slices of pornography in the middle of a chapter. That happened to me once, because it was basically the Bay of Pirates, but for books. <laughs> uh, well, and also uh, sometimes translators, uh, the, the translators would drop the, the project or they don't have enough money or couldn't get the raws. And so then you would have uh, translation errors between chapters where it's like, the sharing gun would be called uh, one spinning thing in the disc guy. And then... The spinning disc guy. Yeah, spinning disc guy. <laughs> so another thing that also is, I'm a professional writer, so support writers by the official media. Make sure your sources go to the creators. You know, all that rationale for why you should do it on the official app. Because mm. <laughs> there's that certain um, irony that I just can't in good conscience pirate spokes anymore. Mm. But 16-year-old me was just a rebel without a cause, lost in the wills of life, and I needed my huh. It's funny, other lots of students in my program would be like, yeah, I've read hundreds of hundreds of books. I'm like, same. Mine were graphic novels. I've probably yeah. read more lines of text than people who have been conquered like Greek poetry and finished the Iliad, but I read it by rereading Naruto six times and it's ten thousand is thousand chapter glory. But let's get into the individual reviews. So first, as we were discussing a bit pre-stream, right now, the landscape of Show and Jump breaks into four categories. And feel free to correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. Category the first, things that have been... Actually, yeah, category the first, things that want to be bleach. Okay, Category the second, things that want to be One Punch Man. Also fair. Category the third... Things that want to be comedies but aren't funny. Hmm. Yeah, okay. And category of the fourth, things that are still running from back before I had a show and jump app. Oof. Uh, I mean, you'd have to help me categorize, categorize a, a few uh, of these sorts of things because, like, I, I mean, for one, I think that Spy X Family uh, is not really any of those categories because it, I think it actually is genuinely funny and endearing. So, starting off in the no particular order of Spy X Family, which has been going for, what? What chapter is it on about? Because pretty much uh, every 52 chapters means it's been going for X number of years if we're using math. So, okay, let's just look up Spy. Um, because it's, it's a monthly series, so... Uh, it has 73 chapters. Okay, so it's been going for a few years now. Yeah, it has actually been going for a few years. That's actually pretty crazy. Yeah, a lot of these mangas, you don't realize how long they're going because you're checking it up. Wait. And I will say, Spy X Family is kind of amusing because I really like the anime Full Metal Panic, even though they made sure to give me robots and things. The more mm -hmm. civilian elements of being a highly trained professional adapting to everyday life does in amuse me. It's also in the weird category of not unfilmable. If Netflix were to try and make a live action Spy X Family, it is possible. Mm hmm. Um, and I, I uh, really, like I say, it, it's uh, very wholesome. Uh, but then at the same time, it still has like these uh, incredible like, action sequences. And, yeah, it has punch to it for sure. 
Yeah, I would say I would rate it four out of five Exodia pieces. It doesn't instantly win the game, but you're in pretty good shape. I mean, the, one of the things that it has that it kind of goes for it and against it is the fact that it is monthly. Because creating weekly content is incredibly difficult to maintain the quality. Um, and so going monthly, it can, it can give all of its ideas time to breathe. Uh, but when you compare it to Sakamoto Days, which almost has uh, the exact same idea, uh, this like you know you have this super assassin who has a psychic friend and a super powerful uh, female character that can beat people up. So tipping into Sakamoto Days, which firmly falls in the One Punch Man category of my main character's so super powerful, it's not feasible for them to lose a fight. But that's not really what they're about. That is not, like, a concern or a priority of theirs. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> uh, but Sakamoto Days and Spy X Family share a lot of really similar elements and ideas. The psychic powers, the, the, like I said, the strong female character. Uh, but uh, it's running through its ideas a lot more, a lot more quickly. And, and so, like, it, it, doesn't have, it doesn't have as much time to settle on uh, the daily life of, of Sakamoto. And Until then, then, when there was this latest chapter where the, where the villain threatened his family, it's like, well, you know, lately we haven't really seen any of his family. I don't, I don't actually see of the any of the endearment that he has towards his children. They're just, it's his children, so he's angry. It's his motivation rather than a plot point. And I'm gonna agree. One of the problems Sakamoto Days is falling into, which I've dubbed Bleach Syndrome, which will probably come up later, is mm. you start by in when you're doing a weekly series, and this definitely happens more in weekly rather than monthly, unless you're Dragon Ball Super. You're mm. like, I've introduced X number of characters, and I need to put out content weekly. Well, the easiest thing you can do is trill out your characters. Where once you've introduced mm. five or six characters and introduced five or six villains, each week you just go pair up one of those two groups and have them do a dramatic fight sequence. Right. Which gives you content... But it doesn't actually advance the plot. You don't have to write any actual script. Once you've established, I am Ice Guy with ice powers, or when I get drunk, I punch real good, and I'm like, I'm covered in stitches and have sewing powers. You just have sewing person <laughs> fight ice person, drunk person fight other person. And then once you've made it through these ten or so fights, you can then forward the plot, and you've successfully bought yourself some breathing room without actually having to write anything. Because you've already written what these characters do, you're now just letting them interact. Yeah, that, uh, so like Sakamoto Days is definitely an uh, uh, interesting read. Uh, it's it's kind of uh, it's kind of getting a little bit too serious for my taste, but but I'm invested, so I, I'm probably am gonna read it to well. Let's keep I going. I don't know. So to follow up on that, one thing I am going to give it, because originally I'd give it three Exodia pieces, but earns it mm -hmm. its fourth Exodia piece, is they start with a bad habit in Japanese manga of let's fat shame the fat guy because it's funny that they're fat. And I mm. hate that trope because, you know, human beings have body types. But in a more recent plot arc, they're like, well, your original plan was to lose a bunch of weight, but instead you need to learn how to use your weight and use your body type. Be fat! Mm. We believe in you! So I'm giving it an Exodia piece for mentioning that a character is just allowed to be fat, rather than the anime mm. trope of striding all their fat instantly to be Chris Pratt. Because the last thing we need is people... Like, I like Chonky Thor, and I think if Chonky Thor got struck by lightning and got six-pack abs again, I'd be less on board with Chonky Thor. <laughs> and with that pivot, let's go into... Robo Boto Boto... Uh, me and Roboco, 
a series that I saw the title art and gave zero exodias and did not open. Uh, well, I mean, so the Shonen Jump app has a little thing where it's like jump into a new series. And uh, I have actually given most of these series they tell me to jump into a, a try. So me and Roboco, I, I did read the first chapter. Um, and I don't I don't know where it can go because it just is a fat joke. Like, I so I took its one Exodia piece yeah. and gave it to Sakamoto days so it can be at zero Exodia <laughs> pieces. You don't even have an opening hand. Because <laughs> the plot of me and Robobuko is that this uh, uh, the people have androids that uh, are like maids and stuff for their houses. Uh, and the one kid, he's too poor to get a really good one. So he gets one that's fat. Yeah, that's just a terrible joke. But let's move on to the next One Punch Man in Show and Jump. One Punch Man. What are your thoughts on One Punch Man? <laughs> okay, so good, uh, but so bad. So, like, One Punch Man has a huge problem with uh, the bleach syndrome, as you say. Uh, which is weird, because it, it's based on a webcomic, and the webcomic is substantially further ahead in the story. Um, but... Uh, there's so many heroes fighting so many villains, and then it has its chaotic release schedule. But one of the things that confuses me the most um, is the piracy. Because because I'm really in like I'm really invested in the series because like strange eldritch, hor eldritch horrors are starting to show up, and and this character Blast that has been mentioned to be like the most powerful hero, but he's never there, and he's actually finally shown up, and he's like, yeah, I'm fighting these eldritch like beings. So see you guys later. Um, so the piracy, like the the people who the fan translations are always one chapter ahead of the Shonen Jump app for some reason. So to follow up on that, so for One Punch Man, my problem with it is they had a 12-episode series that summered the first chunk of manga, or I actually don't know how that order went, to be honest, because it might have mm. went webcomic anime manga. I'm not really sure how it rolled out. But the character arc of I'm Saitama, I'm a hero for fun, but I became so super powerful I end every fight in one punch, becomes a professional hero, realizes the day-to-day -day monotony, other professional heroes who are in it for money try and shame him. He sh blows up an asteroid. He's like, I'm not in it for money. I'm here to be awesome. Has an epic battle with a space alien god. Defeats him in one punch. Prof the guy proclaims prophecies are bullshit. Ship crashes. End of series. Was mm. It was done. They were good. You could have just called it there. Because the core joke that your main character ends every fight in one punch. Only you can only do so much with it because he gave him the character arc that he's super undervalued and unappreciated because no one believes him and well okay yeah. uh, just just to, to kind of a tangent on that though they, they have kind of pivoted into some other jokes which I actually do find incredibly amusing and that is um, One Punch Man has throughout the series accidentally saved one of the characters who is now named King uh, and the Hero Association believes that King is the most powerful hero out there because he's the only one who's been around after Saitama one punches all these all these monsters and like oh this guy must be the guy that did it uh, but, but he is just actually a lowly weak weak human he may have some sort of like luck superpower I don't I don't know <laughs> uh, but I have been consistently amused 
by how they have uh, portrayed King as being this weak, meaningless character, and then the accidental ways that he's trying to say one thing, and it just works out for him. Like this, like clone kid comes up to him, and King is like, "Yeah, you should find another hero because, uh, like," and in King King's mind, he's like, "Yeah, I'm I'm just a useless human," but he's just like, "Yeah, go find someone else," <laughs> and then. It just like scares the monster so bad that they can't hold their form anymore and they just melt. I will like the thing is if it wasn't having bleach syndrome right now where every character needed to specifically have a one-on-one duel of a villain and it didn't mm. take 4 years to tell what would probably be 3 chapters of a novel, I'd mm-hmm. be much more on board. But because it's released so infrequently, so slowly, and they animate every punch of every single fight in the manga with an artist who's way better than the story in One Punch Man deserves, to be completely honest. Like, they're like, got one of the best artists I've probably ever seen draw manga to make a ball joke is fantastic. But the problem with One Punch Man is it's taking so long to get somewhere that it's almost undercutting itself, and it's singular joke has worn so thin that they've had to rely on a full cast out of My Hero Academia to round out the roster. And the more characters we have from My Hero Academia rounding out the roster, the less Saitama we get. Who is the thing that makes it unique? Well, One Punch Man would probably be my favorite series if I could read it from start to finish. And with that... It's so incredibly frustrating that it's released so infrequently and knowing that for whatever reason the pirates are one chapter ahead always and to follow up with that we get to my hero academia which you haven't been following as closely as me so i'm gonna give it a Mm -mm. quicker summary but it's been going for 350 chapters so that's a fair number of years it's been going it was Mm -hmm. originally show and jump for a while was like naruto one piece and bleach are the big three they're the series that are carrying this magazine and almost everything in it since has been one of those three or occasionally mm-hmm. One Punch Man somehow. But <laughs> My Hero was effectively the... It was basically the plot of X-Men given an anime, which was good. But, as you mentioned, they tried to be too serious and too dark and strayed away from the classroom aspect of it. Which was weirdly mm-hmm. the most compelling part, with these characters interacting and growing up to be superheroes. But then they went Naruto Great Ninja War and threw them into the front lines... And My Hero Academia is actually lower on my list. Oh, I forgot. One Punch Man gets five stars when Sai gets five pieces of Exodia when Saitama shows up. That's my official oh. rating on it. That is that is a, a fair rating. I, I, w- I would give it. A, a, I would give it probably uh, three Exodia pieces when King shows up because he is the uh, like. There are two jokes in that series, and they kind of are intertwined with each other. Uh, but I think that the, the King joke is is solid. The third joke, by the way, is that Genos keeps going and being an actual show and jump protagonist and then gets just owned. <laughs> but, yeah, My Hero Academia is sitting at about three and a half pieces of Exodia, like three Exodia pieces in a fiber jar. But the spinoff <laughs> that comes out monthly called My Hero Academia Vigilantes is actually better. Oh, really? It only follows four characters, so it doesn't have Bleach Syndrome if we have a 20-character entire student roster. And these four characters are two college-age kids. One of them wanted to go to the My Hero Academia hero exam, but instead missed the entrance exam because he was fishing someone out of the river. And now is just in general studies at college. 
but he secretly is a vigilante doing mundane hero work, like picking up garbage and sleeping in the streets. Okay. And he's doing this vigilante work to blow off steam from his college life, like sometimes he wants to feel like he's actually making a difference. And then he gets mm. picked up by Knuckle Duster, who's basically Batman, like actual new superpowers, but jacked grappling hooks punches people, who basically okay. enlists him to be his sidekick to help him clean up the streets. He's like, hey, you want to be a hero? Follow me. Here's how you correctly fall into trash from a sky from a roof to not break your neck. And then the third character is just someone who wants to use their superpower to put on uh, concert performances, mm-hmm. which is technically illegal because you can't use your superpowers without a license. Ah, and right. It's up to 118 chapters, and I've been really enjoying it, partly because the protagonist's motivations of I want it. It's like. The classic motivation of you want to go to school to do X, and you have this idea of doing X, and then you're not able to do it because it's like, yeah, that's not a real career. That's you can't get in. And then he's in his early twenties trying to trying to make it work after the fact. That hits mm. me where I am, being thirty and back in school right now. I get the idea that you want to be a superhero, didn't make it into hero school, but are now trying to like pick up do it on the side to feel good about yourself. I get that. That's pretty good. I'd give it a solid uh- four Exodia pieces. Speaking of uh, character motivations, um, one of the, it's, it's a little bit early to be able to give it any Exodia pieces. It's pretty low on the list right now. Uh, but um, the uh, Ayashimon is, is a weekly series that only has uh, eight eight chapters or nine chapters. I think it's the latest oh, the one, one that came out. Exactly One Punch Man and Bleach. Somehow uh, being two out of four. But <laughs> um, the. <laughs> I, I'm not sure how I feel about the character motivation because it's a manga and the character's motivation is that he wants to be the protagonist of a manga. And the setting is just bleach. Yeah, the setting is is, is just bleach. Well, a gangster bleach because he's like fighting Yakuza no, no, demons. You don't get to call it gangster bleach because that sounds really cool and I want to see that. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm really it has some cool ideas. Like, I, I, this is probably not unique to the series, but the idea that the demons take corporeal form and their their bodies are made of money. I will like that. Just sounds like an amazing idea to make a Dokapon Kingdom sequel, which we'll <laughs> someday have the resources to do. But yeah, like uh, it's too early for me to give any pieces as well, as it's only on chapter seven or nine, chapter nine. And the mm-hmm. thing is. I, I am curious to see where it goes, so I also... He's still waiting to draw his opening hand and see what we got. Mm-hmm. But it could be pretty good. But it's definitely in the I'm a Bleach category. Which moves us <laughs> to the next one. They did a one-shot of Bleach, so that's just back in the manga. <laughs> and I just you can't know, I, read I, that. I wonder if they did that one-shot of Bleach to see... Um... The, to gauge fan reaction to new Bleach content before they uh, decided to release the new season of Bleach. And with that, we move to the next Bleach, Doron Dororon, which answers an age-old question, what if we took the plot of Bleach and replaced the cliche damsel in distress sidekick you give every protagonist in an anime and instead gave him an adorable, quite possibly the cutest mascot in Show and Jump? <laughs> oh, <laughs> Just the, the cutest little gastrodon. 
It's so fantastic. Like, when he turns into a sword, he still has his adorable eye, or when he turns into a bag, and he just wants to make the world a better place. He's not fighting other demons as a demon because of some vendetta, or angst, or no. He's just cute, and people are good, and he wants to help out people. And the protagonist is like, Oh man, I want to be an edgy manga protagonist, but this Gastrogon has just made his way into my heart, and I love him now. And we're going to fight and kill demons so we get a paycheck, so we can go to Instant Noodles, go to expensive ramen together. So, if it weren't for the Gastrodon, it'd be two Exodia pieces, but he, the, the sidekick slash sword is worth two Exodia pieces as a character by himself. Because I can't think of a single manga in this magazine that wouldn't gain an Exodia piece for having him as a side secondary character. I, and this is actually an interesting contrast to the other new series, the Yashimon that we just mentioned, uh, because Duran, Doran Dororan is also only on like chapter eight or nine. But that, that Gastroton, it just, it, 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 when you read it, if you read it, and I, and I suggest that you do, uh, listeners, that is. Yeah. Um, it it's so adorable, and it's it it looks like it's gonna be this like it is just straight up relationship leech. between between the two main characters, the two protagonists, uh, combined with like uh, eldritch horror of of the first season of Bleach. It's kind of funny because they're like, we're just gonna do Bleach. Well, how do we fix it? We'll put Mooncake in it. And Mooncake is too pure for this world and can carry any show, no matter how bad the other characters are, on his adorable not shoulders. Also, the the Gastrodon's name is Kusanagi because he's a magic sword. It's just... Ah, levels. (laughs) So, moving on from that to the third Bleach of Jujutsu Kaisen, which is, you know what, let's do Bleach, but let's just add in Naruto for good measure because we want to make money. Uh, Jujutsu Kaisen uh, is kind of a strange one um, because it also had like <clears throat> it had this big long a fairly long plot arc which uh, felt like it concluded with the villain winning uh, and then when the next arc started it felt like that entire like hundred chapters or however many chapters it was uh, was just set up for this like weird sorcerer tournament and that's the thing is, they're literally just picking and choosing. It's like, okay, what do we like about Bleach? Ghost monsters that people can see and magic swords turning into darkness bubbles. Cool, what do we like in Naruto? Tuning exams and ninja schools. Well, why can't we have both? So it's literally <laughs> just Naruto plus Bleach playing polymerization. But the anime has like a $14 billion budget, so the anime is actually just a four star or four Exodia pieces just because of production value alone. Mm-hmm. But the series itself sits at like a humble two. I'm much more invested in Sakamoto, which is unfortunate because Jujutsu Kaijin's probably better from empirical mm-hmm. measurements. But it's just done so much I've seen before. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Well, I mean, like Shonen Jump does have uh, a target audience and a style that they that they go for. Um, but so, that doesn't mean you I can't mean, exceed in that style. Well, I mean, that's true. I mean. Uh, uh, unfortunately, like I haven't, I guess I haven't really looked into it. But I mean, there's other other uh, mangas, um, magazines that that could have some interesting content. Like, would whatever magazine published Lucifer and the Biscuit Hammer? Uh, that's not in Shonen Jump, but uh, tune in in the future to hear us uh, talk about that incredible coming of age story. Agreed. Um, like, but to stay on topic, to try and get through the rest of this magazine. 
<laughs> we can't, can't possibly make it through this entire magazine. Hey, we got three uh, more I things I want to hit. I, okay, okay. So first thing we need to briefly go over is Mashal, which they just took One Punch Man and made it Harry Potter. How many stars do you give it? That's the only description it needs, right? Oh, I love Mash, and I love that they actually just consistently follow him on his quest. Like, he, he is the main character, and he is in... I, Every I think chapter. he's only missed, like, one or two chapters, he if was even. In a, he was in the fridge. He was still there. Well, even then, it was like he was in the fridge, but he still had a couple panels where he's like, huh, this is weird. And, like, I have to laugh, because it's literally... We took the Saitama from One Punch Man and put him in not even remotely subtle Hogwarts. Like, just straight <laughs> up. Here's Dumbledore and Voldemort, their characters. I think we moved some syllables around. And the thing about Mashal is I have it absorbed, and fewer listeners, you may not know this about me, but my brain just absorbs, like, every character, every side character. I could, like, index off 100-plus Naruto characters. No one in Mashal do I remember but Mashal himself, and maybe the fact that Dumbledore is there. Oh, yeah. Uh, but... Mm, it's it's a weekly series that I'm following because now I'm invested in it, but I, I think I would maybe... I'd probably give like, it two and a half Exodia pieces. Yeah, I'd give it two. Like, it's, like, I'm following it, but mostly for the sake of completion at this point. Mm-hmm. And moving along with a bit of pace. So the big, long-lasting ones right now in Show and Jump are Black Cover, which is just Naruto with wizards, and One Piece. Mm -hmm. There's not enough time mm -hmm. on Earth for us to go over either of those. Those are full episodes. So let's pivot <sighs> along to Undead Unluck. Um, Undead Unluck had, had a lot of promise, uh, but... It's premise has gotten too convoluted because of the like the negators. So the the, the basic premise is that there's these uh, negators who are trying to uh, kill God and God who's just trying to torture humans. That tracks. Sure, for uh, anime that tracks. Uh, and so to uh, fight God, uh, they receive quests from the Apocalypse book. And if they don't know to do enough quests in the Apocalypse book, then God adds a new rule to Earth to make people's lives more miserable. <laughs> uh, and, I mean, it sounds super interesting, except that these negators, they negate certain rules, like uh, the titular character Undead, um, he negates death, so you, you can't kill him. He's immortal. Uh, the other titular character, Unluck, uh, she... Well... I mean, I guess technically the way they describe it would be that she negates luck, but really, whenever she touches someone, she causes a stroke of bad luck. Okay. And the more that she loves the person, the the, the worse the luck becomes. Like, it sounds um, like an so, interesting premise, but you're but, wrapping up to why it only has one Exodia piece. <laughs> because uh, these negators... Uh, powers are so like weird, specifically convoluted, weird. Like, just I said weird twice because it's yeah. it's incredibly hard to wrap your mind around what's actually happening. Uh, like the latest plot arc, they just they fought Spring, which is an Uma, which is also some sort of rule of God. I, I don't I don't know. Like I don't I don't I don't actually understand what I'm reading or why. 
And with that, that's a beautiful line to wrap up this episode. A couple things we didn't hit are just things that we're not personally reading. Like, I don't have thoughts on the Elusive Samurai. There's a series Hmm. called Akiyashi Triangle, which I'm pretty sure is just pornography. (laughs) And there's Magu-chan, God of Destruction, which is an Eldritch Horror buddy comedy that just simply did not have the content to last more than two chapters. Uh, There's Kaiju number eight. (laughs) That's another sort of bleach. Yeah, Ble- and- another Bleach plus Naruto, I guess. Actually, yeah, you would like to mash those two together. Yeah, it's a good way to make easy money. And then, <laughs> with that, let's wrap things up with our random questions of the week. And feel free to submit your random questions of the week for your chance to win a digital deluxe copy of the Waltz of Blades. So our first random question is really not that random because it's very on topic. But the question is this: For you, what power from yeah, what typical cliche show and jump power do you think I would have? And then I have to answer that for you. Cliche, cliche show and jump power do I think that you would have? Yes. Uh. Okay. Well, I mean, like, clean. Well, how like eye powers are pretty cliche. Uh, like. <clears throat> Essentially, like you like to say that you have a Sharon gun on this ability to absorb knowledge, but it's 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 surprisingly true. And like I, I you would have some sort of eye related power uh, that lets you absorb information, for sure. I love it. And as I've said before, your power is you're actually indestructible. Things that should kill you don't. Things that should poison you don't. Like I'm pretty sure I could light you on fire and then kick you out in minus fifty, and you'd just get up the next day. Like, your constitution is at... Th- there's dwarven levels, and then there's, like, yeah, I'm a dwarf with a plus-two constitution belt with a con of 22 and the tough feet. <laughs> like, have you ever had a sick day? Uh, okay, so the the store that I work at now, uh, I've been working there for at least seven years, and I've never called in sick. I think I went home early once because I... I felt so sick I was going to throw up and everyone said I was too pale and I had to go home but the next day I was fine so it was that point proven so on to our random dragon question if you're allowed one of these things what do you want a dragon fang a dragon claw a dragon scale what would you pick uh I'm so like this that's kind of a, a a strange question like um well, like a dragon scale seems like it would be like, is, is this just like a, like a souvenir or like, I mean, that's is this up to like, I get the question. Do I actually get dragon scales? Like, um, but, and I guess more to the point, I am definitely leaning towards dragon scale, uh, because it seems like the most useful material to do any sort of projects with and could just be useful on its own as a, uh, as like a shield or something. Plus, you know, scales give dragons their characteristic shimmer, so it'd probably look pretty cool, too. Yeah, that's a very solid answer. I respect it. I would go with the dragon fang for, like, Jurassic Park logic, that there's probably, like, some tasty DNA in there somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) So I immediately, like, if I get a piece of a dragon, which of those three is the most clonable? And I don't know, like, I'm not a biologist, but I feel like the fang... Like, if we're, like, swabbing people's noses to check things, like, I feel like a fang's got to have a lot of dragon on it. 
Mm-hmm. Where the claw might be contaminated a bit more, and the scale might <laughs> be like dead skin, which I can't clone a dragon from dead skin. So that was right. my logic. And if I can't do anything cool with it, awesome dragon fang sword or umbrella. Ooh, dragon fang umbrella. That would be pretty cool. Right? Well, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. And we hope to hear from you soon. Yeah, thanks. Uh, and uh, we have a, a stream that we do on Twitch. We also post on YouTube. Uh, on uh, right now, for now, it's uh, on Tuesdays. If you want to catch us live, uh, we've been playing through uh, SD Gundam Gashapon Wars, an obscure Japanese title that has an incredible amount of content and variety. Uh, so, if you're interested in supporting us in, uh, in other ways, you could tune in for that too. Uh, besides that, I mean, have a great week, and we'll we'll be here talking to each other for you to listen to next week. Bye. Bye.